Well, that escalated quickly. Maybe not Steve Carell, Anchorman, Trident quickly, but it definitely got out of hand really fast. When you're a litigator, one of the things you learn is that sometimes, and when you know you're a litigator, it's the scariest kind of lawyer there is. When you're one of them, you learn very early on that sometimes your schedule is not yours to control. Sometimes you just have to go with the flow. You have to roll with the punches. You've got to do what you've got to do. And so life gets in the way of whatever best laid intentions that you might have. Put on top of that family issues and life and COVID and all these other things. And and sometimes a well-intentioned break to go off to race Intelligentsia Cup turns into almost a quarter-life crisis. I'm going to go with quarter-life crisis because that's where I feel like I am right now as a 42-year-old, definitely not half-life or mid-life, but sometimes life just gets in the way. And a lot of things have been thrown at me over the last couple of weeks, months, that have helped me kind of recalibrate where it is that I am in life and where I want to be and where I need to go. This entire conversation and discussion, I'm going to go into a lot more in depth with my next interview, which is with Kerry Werner. He had the joy and pleasure of staying with me in Chicago. Go look at his vlog. It kind of shows you the chaos that my life was for a period of time and probably still is just less about people coming over and taking things out of the house and more about, I don't know, figuring out where bank accounts are and how to properly deal with an elderly father. But the point is sometimes you need to cognitively recalibrate and you need to put things in priority. And and to quote Steve Cullen, sometimes you need to spend a lot of time working about working. And that's what I'm doing right now. And frankly, right now, the biggest priorities in my life are to be the best son and husband that I can be and to be the best lawyer that I can be while I've got this work ahead of me that I need to do. And I don't want to shortchange you guys and I don't want to shortchange anybody. I just need to focus on those things for a little bit. So please bear with me and with us as I deal with real life and all of the fun things that come with it. The great thing about being a part of the Wide Angle Podium network of shows, uh, wideanglepodium.com is the website for the full bevy of shows, is that I have so many wonderful people around me who are willing to pitch in and help when help is needed. So for instance, Michael Bodekheimer, Bodie for short, from the media pit, from a lot of things, from Hot Lap Summer, graciously agreed to step in to fill my role for a breakdown of Salt Lake City and Littleton. So he sat down with Celine and with Alan, and they talked all about those events. I don't know what they talked about. I've never listened to it, but I'm going to present it here to you anyways. The reason why I didn't listen to it is I didn't have to because Bill Scheichen from Cyclocross Radio in the media pit graciously agreed to step in and do the editing for me. And that's wonderful. And I am so appreciative of these guys who are so willing to, you know, gratuitously give of their time so that you, the audience, can be the benefactors of it. I'm not going to spend much more time talking about anything because Bodie and Celine and Alan have a lot to say. But I do want to say we are presented by Source Endurance. Source-e.net is the home for your best in endurance coaching and nutrition services. 
go there, check out what Adam Mills, Zach Allison, Nikki Peterson, Kristen Arnold, all of them have to offer for you so that you can become the best athlete and best person that you can possibly be even when life becomes crazy around you with trials and moving people across the country. Source-e.net. Use the promo code CriteriumNation, all one word, for $50 off your first month. So you and I are both about to be treated to something we've never heard before. Michael Bodekheimer leading Criterium Nation, a show about life lived one corner at a time. Well, good evening and welcome to Criterium Nation. I'm Michael Bodie Bodekheimer. I'm here with Alan and Celine. And no, there is no Rob Kelly. Folks, how you doing? Hey, doing good. How are you doing? Great. Celine, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, I feel like I said in the green room that I feel like I'm joining your guys' podcast um, so thanks for having me on the Criterium Nation. I've enjoyed listening to your guys' recaps of all the races. Uh, it's been fun to hear sort of the insider view, both of you guys racing. Um, but Rob is um, doing life stuff right now and couldn't, didn't have the bandwidth to record uh, an episode. And I, since I'm at all the crits, I love crits. I'm like, Rob, put my hand up. Let me jump in for the wide angle podium and record a show. So we're here tonight, and I figured since you guys didn't cover um, Salt Lake, we could also talk about Salt Lake and Littleton Criterion, which just happened. Um, but let's let's go back a little bit and and talk about the the Salt Lake crit, the um, races three and four in the USA Crit series. Um, I sort of put in our agenda. It was sort of like two different courses. You had day one at the mall. And then day two was almost like uh, not a kermesse, but almost like a, a circuit race with the, with how different a course. So let's go back to day one. Uh, Celine, you all race first on day one. What are your thoughts of that that course, that outside mall course? Um, well, so as a concept, I think it's a good idea because it's at a mall. There's people already there. Um, they get curious when they see something happening. And they'll start watching the race. And then before they know it, they're like sucked in and they're cheering us on. But in reality, I think the surface, a lot of people have talked about the surface. Um, And I mean, as someone who races gravel, it wasn't all that shocking to my system. But you could very much tell that a lot of people were out of their element. And it resulted in a lot of sketchy racing, like people just like swerving when they could just ride over something or panicking at the last second instead of having set up a line before they were already where they didn't want to be. Um, so it was a very interesting course. Um, just from the, like, uh, I guess the graphic, the map, it looked pretty boring, just flat four corners but then when you're actually there, that is not at all the case. Um, and it was pretty technical, which, I mean, I tend to enjoy. So, yeah, mixed feelings for sure. <laughs> Alan, how, how'd you do? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt at least in the men's race, you know, there's 
kind of some history on that course after the 2019 race that we had and a few big crashes so it really seemed like going into it everybody just kind of had like this preconceived notion of this is going to be a little bit of a shit show um and i mean to be honest in the first 20 minutes that's pretty much what we got there were like Celine said, like the the surface of the road just like really, I think, threw people off. It made it hard to kind of set up for the corners, and then the corners themselves are really tight. Um, yeah, so it was interesting. It makes it, it – it's kind of a hard course to race just because you're like constantly just trying to like find the smooth line and just kind of stay on your bike. Uh, so, yeah, maybe not the most dynamic racing, of course, but still really fast, still – um yeah like pretty fun i guess yeah so in 2019 that was the course in which butcher box entire team went down right like sort of towards the towards the end of the race and kind of i don't remember if it took them out of the team competition but it's it severely like hurt their chances and so they actually shortened the course this year and sort of had so like it was it was essentially like a rectangle right and they just shortened the rectangle so you had less in the mall and for the folks who haven't been there it is it is sort of the outside mall i don't know what you call that it seemed like it was a sort of style of like commerce architecture that was big in the like the early 2000s and and maybe not so much but like and it has those cobbles to give it sort of like an 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 old school like urban feel which is it's it's kind of funny when you you build (laughs) stuff to look look old um, but it, but the thing about it, wait, is that, is that it, what, they weren't straight and into the mall. It had, it had little little curves, and so you really you couldn't like the the finish line wasn't exactly straight. And I think think that was a really it's an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't know that I right. I I like I said I can't I didn't erase it, but I can imagine. I mean I don't know would that sort of did that make that finish harder for you guys sort of trying not quite seeing the finish line um i mean not being yeah so yeah so coming out of the fourth corner if you look straight you can't see the finish because there are some some turns in there but more than that i think it's just like manhole covers so it's like the this these cobbles like you said mixed in with strips of concrete and then the manhole covers are in the concrete but recessed like three inches into the ground so you know you're just like following the wheel right in front of you and then just kind of hoping that they're going to take a straight line and not pull you directly through or over one of these manhole covers to just slam your wheel onto it um but it seemed that more often than not because you're not going in a straight line like you end up just riding straight over those things and every time it feels like you're just gonna break your bike in half yeah to go to go on there a little bit um corner one was pretty fascinating because the if you took it like going into it on the outside which i did once and never again um there was like this massive dip that you can't really see until you're already over it. And it just kind of like launches you into the corner. Super weird. And then there was this like tape in the corner where people would, I mean, I lost traction and slid and you'd see other people (laughs) sliding and it's not exactly um, what you want to experience in a crit race. (laughs) No, I think I saw in uh, in the men's race, I think uh, Dan Swan of Automatic Racing, he had some GoPro footage he was sharing with me, and there's a guy who's tubular, he crashes in front of him, and his tubular comes off, I think. Or maybe it was a tubeless, but like, there's some sort of tire blew up in, in corner. Oh, one. man. I mean, it, 
I mean, if he rolled the tubular, my first question would be, what are you doing still writing tubulars? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, quarter one also like it kind of starts pretty wide and then just like really next down kind of in the middle of the corner. So in our race, we had a lot of people kind of like taking their normal line and then realizing that they're just headed straight for the curb. Um, and that definitely caused a lot of problems in our race. It's also worth mentioning the um, longitudinal canyon on the backstretch. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, there's like this crevice that was just wide enough to eat your tires. Um, and that actually caused a really huge crash with five to go in the women's race. And so it was like deja vu because at Boise, there was a crash with five to go. And we were like, can we please just not be stopped this time? But they decided to neutralize us and stop us again um, with like four to go on the lap counter. And then there were some, again, some problems with riders thinking that they could just jump back in, um, even though neutral or not neutral, um, free laps were over. So, yeah, that, there was a lot of drama there with that. And like, ultimately, the race officials let some riders back in and didn't let others back in, which I thought was a bit strange and unprofessional. But ultimately, it came down to that stupid crack on the back stretch because sometimes it was unavoidable. Like I had to ride into it once or else. Um, I mean, I just had nowhere to go. But yeah, it's, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> Yeah, you never want to see a, a course affect the the finish like that. And I know, so Maggie Cole's Lister went down, correct? In that in that crash, yeah. And you yeah, know. she did. Um, she ended up going to the hospital because someone rode over her elbow, so she wanted to get that checked out and make sure that it was okay. And she also landed like straight on her face, so she wanted to make sure her nose wasn't broken and that she wasn't concussed. Um, and ultimately, she was. I mean quote okay like she left the hospital at, i think like 4 a.m or something Oof. on sunday um and she was cleared to race again luckily but things were looking pretty um pretty rough there for a second um but yeah i mean she lined up on sunday which props to her that's pretty incredible wow and you know so i saw you mention this in your your social media you Celine, you are in the competition for the young riders jersey at that point, and with her crashing out, did that put you? When you fin, first of all, you finished sixth in that race. How was your finish? Like, how was that? That um, final? I mean, again, it was like deja vu. Uh, I finished sixth in Boise and sixth at Salt Lake, so maybe those like uh, <laughs> neutralized races aren't that bad for me, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, basically it was a carbon copy. I just followed the same wheels that I could trust. Um, and I kind of messed up the finish cause it ended up being a sprint to the last corner and not really from the corner to the finish line. So I was a little bit out of position, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty surprising to have moved into the young rider Jersey and also like not at all how I would have wanted to do that. Um, the fact that it happened because Maggie was caught up in that crash felt pretty terrible. <laughs> Yeah, so Harriet Owen takes the win. Um, you know, not, I don't know if I posted a video, a uh, pretty sweet slow mo video, and I can't remember if there was a, a lead out from Rachel Langdon, but Rachel Langdon is right there in the pack, you know, sort of like behind, like given the props as, as Harriet takes it. Interesting enough, though, this was no Skylar Snyder 
in in this weekend, right? She chose to, she was racing at uh, Intelligentsia. That's right, yeah. Which, um, do we know any any reason why she chose to do that? I know she's from uh, uh, Wisconsin, you know, some of a local area, but Celine, Alan, you guys got any intel? Um, no intel, but it is a really fun series. So I, part of me thinks she just wanted to go race for 10 days. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, and she, she cleaned up, um, and probably made a lot of money and maybe even more than what she would have done two days at Salt Lake. So, but it, that's interesting though, because you know, that narrative that carries over onto, uh, into Littleton and sort of the entire, I mean, I, I will say the one thing I like about USA crits, I like a lot of things about USA crits. I have some critiques on other things, but they do have lots of narratives going on. We talked about your young writers, Jersey, um, the overall, the team competition. So, so even though, you know, Skylar's not there or she's won all the races, there still are chances for other storylines to come up. And so the, this, her not showing up in Salt Lake was, was kind of, mixes it up a bit for for all the women racers in usa crits so that's 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 you know we'll get to that later let's go to the men's race alan how did your race go um i mean i guess it was pretty much what you would expect looking at the course that we had it being i don't want to say easy to control but you know pretty narrow most of the way through and legion getting to start on the front line uh like i said everybody kind of knew how the race was going to go knew that it was uh I guess kind of a sketchy course and that it really benefits to be towards the front and they took advantage of that and they just hammered it from the get-go I mean honestly we've had some like pretty fast starts like Twilight at Blue Dome or not Twilight um Tulsa at Blue Dome was super quick Boise Twilight was quick but yeah day one at Salt Lake was was pretty insane um it definitely felt like a lot of the race was kind of marked by how many crashes we have had i should say uh you know there were there were a lot of laps where we had people being put in put back into the race from the pit and like a lot of crashes where there were so many people that it genuinely took them like four or five laps to get everybody back in uh so really it was like kind of a race of survival more than anything and then when it came down to the last eight laps or so it was just the legion show once again you know they have the firepower they have the skill they just ride the front and make it so hard to do to do anything yeah it's you know this is a race that avolo came to and avolo's game plan is to you know attack and and throw it throw tons of flyers and just and constantly attack they did that in boise um boise, boise. boise. <laughs> not, not. Boise, not Boise, not Boise. It's whatever you want. Um, yeah, no, I know. Uh, as someone who grew up in that area, I should know. Um, but you know, it's interesting. They did it again, and who was it? Scott McGill who crashed, I believe, or was it Sean McElroy? One of them mm-hmm. crashed pretty hard, but was able was able to finish. You know, but yeah, once again, you had a, we had a, a podium sweep um, of Legion, and you know, I know some other teams were trying. Best Buddies was was mm-hmm. trying to attack. I mean, Automatic, they came with a plan to try to do something, and they were trying to get their guys yep. up there. And there was a little bit of, um, you know, I think. Oh, I was just go gonna ahead, say, Alan. like, yeah, you kind of mentioned it. It was very difficult to move around on this course um, with them shortening it. And basically, you have like two straightaways that you can move up on, and they're not that long to be honest. I think the course, the lap was only a K thereabout. Um, and 
yeah, so they, like them keeping it quick or very fast the whole time made it hard to get to the front. And then once you were there, you know, you have such a small window to try and like send somebody off the front to attack that, you know, you're only leaking out like one or two guys every time. So it makes it pretty easy to, yeah, kind of like keep things under control. Yeah, no, I think I think that was I think that I think this weekend was interesting because of the two different courses and, and how the races played out. And I, I think that is actually I think I actually like that. I like seeing that difference in the um, how dynamic it can be. Um, I, like I was saying, I think that I know a lot of teams after Boise, um, I, I, I sensed, you know, there was like, there's obviously there's kind of a frustration for every other team that Legion is dominating this way. And just, just, you know, at some point, just like all these podium sweeps are like no other team likes that. Obviously everybody else wants to win, but there is almost this idea that like, you know, can, can teams work together and try to do something in a like how can they team together to take down legion and i and i i saw that in at salt lake day one that wasn't going to happen because every team has their own mission and every team has riders who want to win and so you saw avolo attacking you saw best buddies trying you saw you know automatic going to the front trying to do something as well and none of them really like they're like that's not how I, I don't think there's enough bond between these teams that they are uh, they're going to join together to beat Legion. I think they're going to have to if they be, do beat Legion, if they finally knock Legion off the top step in the USA Crit Series. Like it's it's going to be because some team does something on their own. So yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and it will be. I mean, you're just never going to get you know like reliable teamwork between teams like inter team teamwork. Um, so it, it'll take a full team effort for sure. But yeah, like we can get into it. We saw like people got close Sunday too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, so let's, let's go to Sunday. Um, that was a, that was an, an holiday, uh, the holiday and holiday, um, kind of a, at first glance, you know, I've said on an earlier criterium nation that I was really talked down on the nationals course, but how, how wide it was and, and, and how, it was like a freeway. Um, holiday was extremely wide. It was fairly long too, um, but it actually was. There's actually some pretty good racing. I think m- maybe that was because of that incline. I mean, what do you, what did you guys think of that that course? Thoughts, impressions, Celine. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So initially, when I saw that there was going to be a little bit of uh, elevation on the course. I was pretty stoked because um, usually that means it gets a little bit ripped apart. Um, and I always like courses where the field just gets shredded apart. It's just like more fun racing for me. Um, however, I think because of how wide it was and because it just wasn't steep or really long enough to really make people suffer that much, it stayed completely together the entire time, I think. And I think also, I don't know if it was the case in the men's race, but in the women's race, for sure, you could tell that like the heat and maybe the altitude put a bit of a ceiling on people's efforts. So on Saturday, too, like you'd see people go up the road and you'd be like, oh, wow, that looks dangerous. And then they would crack. And then all of a sudden they'd be back in the field. Whereas maybe if it had been at sea level or a little bit cooler, that would have been the race like they would have been over. Yeah, I mean, let's. So, yeah, because so. Um, Saturday's race was twilight. Um, but, uh, 
Sunday's race was more towards the early afternoon, and it was, I mean, like as it's been all summer, it yeah. was hot. Like it was just like oh, it was yeah. definitely hot. I mean, you couldn't get enough ice packs. I mean, they the thing is like they weren't doing feeding, which is, I don't know, man. Like it maybe there's a reason why you can't do it in a sixty minute race, but like when it's that hot and you have an incline, it's like and it there's it's such a wide street going up. It seems perfectly set up for feeding you know just keep your right it would have been so easy to just have like some team staff standing on that back stretch on the uphill um outside of the road inside of the road either one like more than enough space to to have them there with ice packs or bottles or something because there was no shade on that course anywhere it was just fully exposed like it was already a high of 102 degrees that day i think something crazy like that so even worse on the road yeah yeah, I think my computer read that it was an average of 108 oh. during our race, and it got up to like 117 or something, just like ambient feel. And most courses, I'd be like, no way, a feed just sounds pretty dangerous. But that one, I mean, you could have had like feeds the entire way around, and there would have still been plenty of room for a Peloton too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So again, you're right. The you know the the idea of like bottles kicking in the road makes sense. And so, yeah, I mean, I I think. That's something like we, the cycling scene, USAC, you know, USA crits, like kind of is going to really need to start thinking about because I don't necessarily think it's going to get any cooler in the future um, at these races that happen in the summer. I mean, so it's like that's something that needs to be addressed. And and I maybe to quote Jeremy Powers, like I don't want to see the race decided by you know, who is less dehydrated, right? Like I want to see the race decided by, you know, who's the strongest. Uh, I will say the cool thing about that course um, was that the mountains were like just right there. So there's all kinds of cool photos that you could get with those. Uh, I don't know if that's the Wasatch range or what it mm-hmm. is, but um, that was that was a pretty cool uh, crit location for me, especially someone from the swamp. <laughs> You just sort of look up and you're like, there's a mountain right there. Um, so I try to capture some of that with my drone camera. We'll see if it. Uh, yeah, it's it definitely one of the, the big highlights of Salt Lake City is that everywhere we've raced has been a, a pretty scenic spot. Like you said, anywhere you look, you're pretty much right there with the mountains. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, for you guys to come to Birmingham. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 I'm just getting to my friends in Alabama. It's actually it's a really cool town. So it's a it's a um so so yeah, in the women's race, Harriet Owen does it again. I mean, do you think there was anybody Celine in that race that that could have beat her? I mean, was it was it hers to to take home? I mean, besides um, you. Well, so she <laughs> she did win it by a bike throw. Um, Mia, who is on the U.S. national speed skating team, was there, and um, she has an incredible sprint. And just in general, she's an incredible bike racer. So that was pretty close. Um, however, yeah, I would say she came the closest to uh, to beating Harriet, but couldn't quite. Couldn't quite do it. Yeah, and Mia is also is on the DNA team of Maggie. She is, yeah. Who did start that race and did and yeah, it was it was pretty. uh, You saw her post race. She was she was pretty worked over. She looked like 
Like, I don't know if it was a great idea to start, but I mean, she did it. Yeah, I think she wanted to start and it was pretty clear that she had left the hospital at 4 a.m. that morning. Um, And I mean, racing in that heat, sleep deprived and probably also really sore. Um, I mean, it's admirable. I think she had a top 10 finish still. So, yeah. Yeah, 13. Props props to her. Yeah. (laughs) Any other thoughts on, on that race? Celine? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we just we about covered it. Just really wide, really hot, and uh, very bunchy. <laughs> so, Alan. Um, so, on Sunday, they actually they had the women as the, the final race. The men started first. Um, just does that, does that throw your schedule off? Either of you? I mean, switching the start times, like the order? Uh, I mean, I feel like racing in the afternoon was more of a throw off than you know, before or after the women. But I really liked it. Uh, I, I just will say I felt bad for the guys because they raced later Saturday night and then raced earlier Sunday, <laughs> whereas we raced earlier Saturday and had a little bit more time to recover before racing Sunday. <laughs> that's a good point. seems like that's something that they they could do um, is just every other race, switch it up. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it was, or it was nice to be able to actually watch the women's race for once. Cause normally like we're not even leaving our host house or hotel or whatever until they've already started. And then we're, you know, fussing around getting ready for our race. So it was cool to be done and then get to stand on the fence and, you know, uh, yell at them a little bit, especially since, uh, audience wise holiday was, was quite a bit different than, than the gateway. Yeah. I will say about gateway that there, that it was cool because there was a lot of people there um, and because you got to stand, because oh, it was there was bridges going over the road, you got to like stand over the course, and photographers got a bunch of great shots, like video. And then I could also at the gateway, I'm you know I'm, I'm shooting video while I'm there. I I jumped on the escalator and I rode down the escalator while filming like the the, the, the riders go by. And I was like, sweet, uh, this is a sweet dolly yeah. shot at the mall. So in the men's race, with you had Justin first thomas gibbon second and travis mccabe in third um so no no legion sweep um alan i mean what do you, what happened uh, there? i think it was just a case of it was you know like we've mentioned a very wide open course it was the exact opposite of saturday we had more than enough opportunity to have people attacking off the front um and you know more than enough room to get like three four five guys going up the road and i think everybody was really willing to just like lean on legion and let them kind of do their thing and try and control it but yeah again with maybe like the shorter recovery and just the heat uh it it was no easy task to try and control that race um and there were some there were some groups that were were up the road for quite a few laps. I think Summerhill was in one of them going after his lap leader's jersey. I think he probably added like 15 or 20 laps to the bank that day, which is pretty crazy. Well, so there was a move, sort of the the big move was a move that had everybody in it um except for Automatic um that had Tyler Williams tagged on the back. And that that was towards the end of the race and it seemed pretty dangerous. And I think um, Brendan Rim Automatic sort of put in a huge dig on that uphill on the backside to really, you know, get it. He didn't close all the way down, but he brought it close and and other teams came over the top um, because that was that was that was dangerous. Like if that would have gone away, 
I'm pretty sure Tyler Williams wins wins that, and you know Legion wins from a break, and um, you know Justin tries to clean up the the field sprint, but you, you know they didn't. And what happened was, you know, I don't know what exactly happened to Tyler, but you know, at the end, Justin was kind of kind of yeah. on his own and um, had, had to had to had to freelance and he's great at it. It's not a problem for him. He's, he's really good at, at what he does. And so he, uh, he was able to win, but we got to give a shout out to your teammate, Andrew. And I, how do you say his last name? Cause I don't want to say, is it Jeanette? Uh, I've heard him say Jeanette, but, uh, I also like to say Jeanette. Yeah. We'll go with Jeanette. But yeah, like you said, it was kind of a freelancer's dream, which I've heard J- Justin Williams, you know, say that he likes to freelance. He likes when the, the finale is super chaotic. And then Andrew is kind of of the same mindset. Um, and th- I think that's why we saw him there at the end. The sprint from the last turn to the finish line was super long. I think it was something like 600 meters, maybe uh, slightly downhill to flat. So, yeah, it really definitely kind of helps to be someone who is good at freelancing and just kind of you know feeling out the i guess the energy of the group and waiting for someone else to be the first to jump which in andrew's case you know the way it worked out he just came through that last turn with a bunch of speed he was the first one to go you know he thought he had the race in the bag he thought he was going to win it but it was just a couple couple pedal strokes too soon and yeah justin was able to come around him well and you know mccabe and uh gibbons but it was it was close. It was great. I, I will plug my own video. Uh, if you go onto the Yeah You Ride Instagram account, there is the last lap of Salt Lake Day 2 from Thomas Gibbons' uh, point of view. And yeah, and- Andrew kicks off the sprint. And I'm sorry to Andrew that I didn't do a little highlight bubble for <laughs> you, um, but I should have done one. But yeah, he kicked it off and he he caused he caused Justin to jump. And that, that, was, that was the move. Uh, Justin jumps, McCabe gets on his wheel, and then uh, Gibbons comes around McCabe. Um, so yeah, so it shook things up a bit in, in the standings. I think that uh, in the overall, you know, Thomas closed, uh, Gibbons closed the, the gap to Justin a bit. Um, you know, and one of the, the narratives, and what we'll, we'll talk about this for Littleton, is that they're all, they're, you know, you get points. The overall is based on points, right? And so you get points for winning, you get points for starting, you get one point every time you come across the finish line first. And there also are mid race. There's what uh, five laps in. There's a ten mm-hmm. points halfway frame, and five and to go. Mid, halfway, five to go. So you see that you know Tom, Thomas Gibbons has been going for those all along because you know he won the overall in 2019. Justin didn't do all the USA Crits races. But anytime he did, he won. So Thomas was able to win that overall by by finishing, you know, always in the top five almost and getting those points. And you do see, though, that Justin is also going for those those prem those points premiums as well, because he 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 he's a, he doesn't want to, you know, get beat that way. Yeah, I mean, he knows what what he's got to do to to get take the title. And uh, yeah, I don't remember if it was the halfway or even the five to go, but it was him and Gibbons pretty much doing a heads up sprint for those points. Pretty interesting. It is fun. I, I, I enjoy that part of it. Um, and then, yeah, they kind of that uh, shook up a little bit of the 
the team competition too. I think uh, automatic racing finally got in the uh, got in third place in the team overall um, with with that finish. Yeah, yeah, they did on the on the podium. And as I was saying in the green room, and and I was you know to all the listeners, I, I my my biases are my allegiances are with automatic racing. So um, I'm I'm doing a documentary on them, and it's it it's cool to watch, and it's it's interesting to see how when you start doing well and you're you, maybe not always winning but you're sort of you you put plans forward and they kind of they kind of come into fruition or they they get close that the mood shifts and then that that is like infectious and it keeps going and you see that with legion right like just just how, how much winning they doing and the camaraderie between the men's and the women's team and they sort of you really feel like they are gelling and they're able to sort of translate that into success on the road and so it's it's cool to see that sort of in person um, take place. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and you know, I think it goes, just goes back to the fact that at the end of the day, this is still like a team sport that we're trying to do. Um, and so, to you know, be having success not just for yourself, but with like these people that you know you're driving long distances with, riding with, and like all this stuff. It just like yeah, like you said, it builds on itself. It feels really good, and it feels like you're accomplishing something, and you just want that to continue. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. <laughs> it's and and fun to watch. Sometimes hard to watch. <laughs> um, so let's go to Littleton uh, last weekend on Saturday. Stop number five in USA Crits, kind of the halfway point for the series, and technically the halfway point for the Crit. It's like Crit midseason, Crit halftime. You know, because of the sort of shortened season we did June, July. And now we're doing August, September. Um, started off with Air Force or Armed Forces um, is really sort of what I consider like the big, you know, kickoff race. And now, we, you know, everything's in August and September. Crit finals are in September, you know, gateways in September, and, and that should be it. So we're reaching sort of the midpoint. And, you know, Littleton is a, is a fun race. I went in 2019. It's a dark race. Um, <laughs> it's still dark. Yeah. If you watched the live stream, you saw how dark it was. Um, I wish they had more cameras. I actually, so I, so I had a hellacious day of travel on Saturday. Um, I got to the course right when the women's race started, and I left my house in New Orleans at 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so it was, oh a, God. it was a brutal oh day. So I had to. I, I watched the women's race last night uh, on the live stream, and. That's the first time I've watched a live stream all season because I'm always there. And yeah, it's it's kind of a shame because it's not how good the sport is, is how good the racing is and how, how good what you guys are doing, how cool it is, is not translating as well as it could. And I really I and I I really it's a shame because I, I think what you guys are doing is so awesome and really fun. And um but well I think that's been said before. So let's get so the comp- let's get to Littleton, which was a complete shift in conditions from anything we've seen so far. It was kind. Of, I'm gonna say cold. I mean, what seventies? Less, less than yeah. And rain, like sub seventy de- seventy degrees and rain. Celine, how, how how was your race? How was that race? How are those conditions? What were your thoughts? Well, so I had a bit of a rough patch like Thursday night. And I actually didn't think I was going to be able to race um, because I just was not feeling good at all. And I went and got a COVID test and 
thankfully that was negative. Um, and then all of Saturday, I was like back and forth. I was like, am I going to race? Should I just sleep all day? Am I going to race? Should I just sleep all day? And then ultimately I was like, you know what? Just line up. And if it goes really terribly, like you can just pull yourself. And then if it goes well, then, then that's great. Um, I love racing in the rain. Um, I really like, yeah, I just, especially when you trust your equipment, I love racing in the rain. And I was like, I'm not going to miss the one race of the year. That's not triple digits <laughs> in terms of temperature. Um, so yeah, that was really motivating. Cause I like a nice chilly crisp race. Um, and I figured that would make the dynamics really fun and people would actually like race their bikes instead of just try to survive. Um, and so basically the entire race, my strategy was to stay towards the front and stay safe, um, and not get like destroyed by the yo-yo. Um, and yeah, pretty much just surf wheels and be as efficient as possible and then try to be there at the end. And like 10 minutes in, I was like, how are we only 10 minutes in? I'm not going to make it. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden it was 10 laps to go. And I was like, cool, I can do anything for 10 laps. Like, that's fine. Um, I'm going to freaking be there after I didn't even know if I was going to start. Um, and unfortunately, two corners to go um, for literally no reason. Two riders ride straight into each other in what is a wide open perfectly easy corner and take each other out and ultimately cause I think um like 20 riders to go down or something like that. it was a lot it was a lot of riders um so that was pretty infuriating but I was one of the lucky ones I just slid um because one of the good things about rain is you just scoot across the road and nine times out of ten your road rash is a lot less than if it had been dry. Um, but I just could not get my chain back on. <laughs> so I was like, they're shaking with all that adrenaline trying to get my stupid chain back on so I could just roll across the finish. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the race was already over anyway, but I just really wanted to salvage what I could because I just fought so hard to be there. Um, so that was a pretty unfortunate finish to what had been, I don't know what should have been like a pretty, um, pretty good race yeah yeah it was when i showed up i i saw immediately i was like oh like that they came by that the, the ul came by and i was like this is gonna be a tough race because it was wet and it was immediately strung out and i was like you're gonna have folks chasing all night long um at least for that beginning part and you had what well, you had harriet langdon and, and skyler in a little break for a bit in the beginning there um which seems to be the safest place to be in weather like like that um yeah um how is how is navigating that course in the rain in the dark does it make it any harder um well there was there's a puddle in one of the corners like right where you wanted to take it so that was kind of uh narrowed some of the corners a little bit um but i will say when we started it was a lot lighter than when it finished. And like the last 20 minutes, your eyes would kind of play tricks on you. And um, I think that's where it also really helps to have teammates. Cause the second I was like near a teammate, I was like, okay, like I, I feel safe <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Whereas otherwise it's like, 
Exactly, exactly. Otherwise, it's just like these shadows and shapes and you're like, who is that? And then, yeah, it's really confusing, but also really fun. Well, the men's, the automatic men's team did wear glow sticks in their skin suits. I don't know if the women's team did too, but maybe maybe that's a thing, you know, that you can do for, for night races when it's super dark is, you know, throw your... Celine, you can throw the green glow sticks in your kit, you know. Yeah. Alan, you'll get the pink <laughs> yeah. ones, I guess. Yes. Um, and that way you know where your That's teammates are. That's actually pretty are. clever. I got to give credit to whoever on, on yeah. the Automatic squad came up with that. I like that a lot. I don't know. That I'll, I'll give a shout. I think maybe it was Chelsea Reedy who had the idea, or, or maybe it was one of the guys. But, um, yeah, so, you know, right. So watching the live stream, yeah, two corners to go the field is is split in half um which is a shame because you know as you said in salt lake that happened in boise five laps ago the women's race had another crash is this just selena is just just is just racing or is there something going on there that's happening or is it just purely race incidents like just nothing you can do about it um i would say most of the crashes that have happened this year were 100 percent preventable And I don't know if it's race brain or people who are really strong but don't know how to handle their bikes or people who are really just wanting to risk it in the wrong places at the wrong times. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be happening, but it's um, it's pretty infuriating um, because it doesn't need to be happening. I know that crashes sometimes happen and they're unavoidable, but most of these... I mean, there's no reason that two riders should be fighting for the same line in a corner where it's just the two of them and it's wide open. Um, it just like doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> right. And then also like the collateral, like it's not just you. It's not just you who's risking it, which would be fine in some ways. It's like the, the 20 other people who have no choice but to also go down. And I mean, Natalia had took a chain ring to the face. Like it's pretty bad. Some of these, um, some of these incidents, like not to mention concussions. <laughs> right. Yeah, I saw her Instagram. That was a pretty brutal, kind of right in the chin. She, yeah, you can see the chain ring marks. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, especially riding in the wet. You know, it, when it's dry, maybe you have some wiggle room, but in the wet, like mid corner, as soon as you touch a little bit of brake, just all traction is gone, and you have nowhere to go but the ground. So that race ends up with. Skyler, Skyler winning. Um, she's back in USA Crit scene and she's doing the things she does. But uh, in second place, we, um, you know, I thought we thought maybe it would be Olivia Ray or Harriet Owen sort of up there. Um, we had Olivia, is it G Cummins? Olivia Cummins? Yeah, Olivia Cummins. Yeah, so in second place, who I noticed uh, rides were rides for Lux and she got second at crit nationals uh, in 17 18 so you know it's got got the skills but um that that was cool to see a little um you know we actually like i said didn't quite see the sprint um but that's what the results <laughs> say so i don't know if anybody yeah, yeah. knows how exactly the sprint went down i think skyler might have i think in that course you go from the last corner you want to be into that last yes corner. Yeah. Yeah. So Skylar was, I think she said second through the last corner. And I know 
Well, two laps to go, I was on Skylar's wheel and I was like, I need to not be here because this is a dangerous place to be. Um, because everyone wants to be on her wheel and Olivia actually fought me off her wheel. So I was like, and I had been expecting that. I was like, someone's going to come fight me for this in like 0.5 seconds. So I imagine Olivia just stayed on Skylar's wheel and was there until the end. And then, yeah, just, just look, it looked like it was a, as a two up between her and, and, and Harry Owen. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And Olivia Ray in fifth and Rachel Langdon in sixth. I'm, just a side note, I don't know why on, you know, trying to find results and trying to find updated standings. It's when it's Wednesday. There's no updated standings for USA crits, at least it lists the sort of like all the races. But, you know, in road results, it has Eric and Clevenger in a DNF, but in seventh position. Is that just like a, a typo or do you know, do you have any insight about that, Celine? Um, I wonder if there was a crash and she jumped back in after neutral or I mean, why do I keep saying neutral after <laughs> free laps were over? Cause that happened in salt Lake day one. And, um, the results actually had to be contested because there were some riders who contested the finish who shouldn't have. Um, so that would be my initial theory, but I honestly don't know. Well, folks, if you know, uh, drop a comment, you know, Criterium Nation, let us know. I did I did hear that uh, in the men's race, there was a certain Legion rider who maybe got put in, who got lapped a few times and got put in back to the front more than once. Wow. Don't quote me on that, but there was somebody who was not supposed to be put in the front group who got put in. Um, and it was it was chaotic, you know, in the men's race. Um, and let's just go to that. Um one of the so when I'm shooting these races, oftentimes I like to stick around for the first five laps towards the front to try and catch these point screens that I'm talking about. Um, so this race, I I was hanging out. It was it it started to rain. So I think in the women's race, it had sort of did it rain in your guys' race, Celine, or was it just kind of drizzling? It was drizzling. I, I wouldn't say that it was raining. And then for the men's race, it really started to come down. You guys actually were, the men had to be held, I believe, because of the crash Yep. earlier. They were getting folks off the course, unfortunately. I mean, for those folks who crashed. And the rain was coming down. I mean, that was all the photographers were all trying to get shots of, of the rain. And uh, you guys all standing there in the rain. Um, but so... I'm standing the start finish line and at the end of lap one, here comes Corey Williams leading Justin and Thomas and it is already strung out. And I just rewatched the live stream and it was, it was Corey Williams to the lap, Justin to the lap. I think Thomas did almost like two laps. And as I said to my friends, I was like, there was a massacre in Littleton. <laughs> um, that race got blown up. Alan, uh, how uh, was that? I mean, like, like Celine, I really enjoy racing in the rain. It's super fun. Um, but it is unfortunate. And I guess this is just racing to have like your whole race be decided by your start position on the start line. Because like you said, I mean, Legion, they are leading the team competition, obviously. So their entire team gets a call up. And, you know, in conditions like this, like even they were on Instagram saying what they were going to do, right? Like Stunter Grove was saying, it's supposed to rain today. You know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. And I mean, they went out like it was a cross start. The first five laps were literally full gas. Um, 
just sprinting every straightaway, then trying to set up for these corners and like taking them as fast as you can in the rain was just like the first laps were just madness. It was insane. What? So tell me about that when you're in Celine, you can chime in too, but like when you are racing in conditions like that and you're like in your head, you're sprinting the straightaway saying, we're going way too fast <laughs> mm-hmm. for this corner. Like what do you like, what do you do when you hit that corner? Do you just hold on and pray? <laughs> yeah, or just... well, especially in the first few laps when you're trying to make up as much ground as possible, it is kind of like chicken with the the person next to you or someone like you're trying to pass. It's just like, all right, I'm not touching my brakes because I want to get around. So hopefully, like they decide that they're gonna back off, so I have like a line to go into. Um, yeah, so you end up with uh, a lot of close calls, but it's just kind of like part of the beast when the race is starting that way. Well, you just like really realize who has raced in the rain before and who hasn't. Um, And if you get stuck behind the wrong people, it really sucks. But if you, like Alan was saying, start position is so crucial on a day where it's rainy because it's just going to get absolutely ripped apart. And so if you're already towards the front, odds are you're going to be on wheels that know how to race in the rain. Um, In which case it's really fun because you can just trust that they're going to take the corner at a speed that they can survive it at. And then you just like trust your tires and your PSI and yeah, you just ride your bike. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, people, people were riding their bike like they stole it as they say. Um, I think, I think that was, we had a complete shift with this, the, the weather and sort of the tactics, right? The, the weather let the tactics change a bit when, in which you saw some of the strongest guys in the race, just drill it at the front and and really split that race up. And so what happened ended up being there was like a group of 20, 25 in the front, I think. And then like a chasing group of 40-ish that maybe was smaller groups that kind of came together. Um, but I mean, it. I saw riders get pulled 13 minutes oh, for into real? the race. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's why I said it was yeah. a massacre. Yeah, I'm like equal parts not at all surprised to hear that but 13 minutes is is pretty quick i mean at some point you know and like you said alan a lot of it is just where you happen to be you're on the wrong side you lined up on the wrong side of whatever the the pen and you're just on the wrong side so we saw eric marcotte who got i want to say 20 minutes he was getting pulled from the race and then you know you know 10 minutes left to go he was fully dressed (laughs) (laughs) He <laughs> he had his radio on. He was playing the role of the DS on the sidelines in his U- old UHC jacket. Um, but uh, yeah, just just utter chaos out there. And I thought that was good to see. I, I thought I enjoyed seeing what happened. Um, but you know, Justin, or sorry, I guess I guess Corey mm-hmm. Corey found Legion found a way to win again. And and. They did what they needed to do, um, but I think they put on a really good show for us. Um, Alan, I mean, ha- so how was your race? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I started maybe row six or seven. Um, you know, on a day like that, everybody knows that you have to, like, get to staging early. And the staging was just kind of, like, loosely defined. People were just mingling. And to Scott Moritz, Morris's credit, like you know, like he tried to keep things under control, but when you have 125 people all like really excited to get to the line um he just stood no chance so it was very wild getting everybody actually lined up um yeah but 
mid-race, like you said, there was kind of that that lead group and then a chase group, which I was relegated to that chase group. Um, I did spend a lot of time on the front of that chase group trying to see see the lead group again. But uh, yeah, they were they were going pretty fast, I think. You know, with the turns or with the weather, all those turns do kind of have a, a speed limit. So in order for anybody to either try and go off the front or for us to chase back on from behind, you have to do all of your work just in the straightaways, which makes it a long, a long day for sure of just riding as hard as you can in a straight line. You you posted, though, you were, you had a good you enjoyed the race, though, afterwards. Yeah, right? most definitely. Um, I think us racing in the dark and them having not as many lights as you might expect actually made it pretty fun um you know just the the sensation of going fast is so much different when you're in the dark and you don't have the same sort of like visual cues as you do in the light um so even though it was like an hour of suffering to the max it was enjoyable suffering (laughs) if such a thing is possible yes type type two i think type two fun yeah definitely uh type two (laughs) i I really like the Littleton race. Um, I like the venue. I like the course shape. Um, I do wish there were more lights. I mean, as a photographer, filmmaker, there are some kind of cool pictures you can get because of the pools of light and sort of the backlight riders. But I, but for your, I mean, you, you, you can see, I've watched GoPro video from this race. It's like you're racing and it's like lit up like the day. And then you just go into this pool of <laughs> yeah. darkness and then you're like, blinded by another light like you know 100 meters down the thing so it maybe you know let's get some let's find another light sponsor you know i know that uh Jing, jingle cross uh has is, is sponsored by a lighting company so maybe uh musco lighting will come over to uh, littleton yeah make the trek <laughs> um and it definitely makes it hard to kind of set up for some of those corners like you're riding on the outside and you're just kind of squinting at it like all right is it coming up do i turn now do i wait a little bit um, which makes for some interesting race lines, for sure. So I have great footage from Thomas Gibbons. Uh, he he had a he got a GoPro on, so I got to watch the last that last lap, um, which is pretty entertaining to see. I hopefully I'll do a video on that soon. But just watching the GoPro and seeing like the the water that's shooting up and what you guys are dealing with, it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, I will say that, you know, just to, to point out that Legion did, did go one and three on the, on the podium that day. Um, uh, so they still are doing pretty well. Um, Thomas in second and then Noah Granigan in fourth, Justin Williams in fifth, but like one, one, three, five, yeah, not still too bad. a good day by um, any, uh, scale. And Andrew, Andrew in eighth. So I'm going to say this, your team, Andrew, Jeanette. Andrew, I think Andrew is more of a crit racer. Mm-hmm. I know he races cross, but I'm going to say that he's a badass crit racer and a great cross race. Like I think I think he's a he's a crit racer. Yeah, first I mean, and foremost. I don't know. Oh boy. You, think you would agree with that? I know he I know that boy loves his cross, but um I mean his results has, yeah. have just been getting better and better. So it's it's pretty hard to argue against him not being a a badass crit racer for sure. So something um so what something that happened during the race, and I'm trying to pull up the okay. All right, the rate the results here. So 
all, during the race, because of the uh, points pr- points sprints, I think uh, Rachel Langdon took over the leader's jersey in the uh, the women's overall. Is that correct, or did she have it before? That is correct. Um, she and Harriet were tied on the second day of Salt Lake, so they'd been, yeah, they'd been, I guess, sharing the top step, um, and then Rachel took over. I think uh, that little breakaway that she was in with Skylar. Um, helped her snag up some points at the start of Littleton. Yeah, she got five five lap leader points. Uh, she got both of the sprints. Um, you know, also, you're right. So, so she's doing it. She's she's earning uh, the leader's jersey. I was thinking maybe that this was sort of a bit of payback for leading out Harriet Owen for these wins, and Rachel Langdon is going to take the overall. It's a pretty. Pretty sweet one-two for the shitheads on tour. Um, so, so kudos to those ladies. I got to say, like, what they're doing in the van, driving around, looks pretty fun. You know, if they they need a you know a camera guy next year, maybe you know I can I can help them out. I'm sure they would love that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and Christina Goki Smith sort of moving her way. I think moving her way up into the overall. Now she's in third place. Um, in the overall standings. And who's that in fourth? <laughs> <laughs> Podcaster, Slane Oberholzer. <laughs> Damn. I have no idea how that happened. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I think it's your... I mean, i just l- been looking at y'all your results, you know, all these top tens, you know. So, also, podcast bump. It's it's a thing. Oh, Alan, yeah. Alan, are you feeling the podcast bump? <laughs> I think I'm still still waiting for my bump, but I'm sure <laughs> it's on the way. The Amazon van is stuck somewhere, but no, may, it's pretty maybe awesome. Maybe it'll come in the fall. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I'd be okay with that. I think part of your pod, your part of your podcast bump was your five minute call up at Jersey. <laughs> you know mm. that's fair. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take that as payment for sure. That was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um. Just to cruise to some of these other uh, results, Celine, you're you're leading the um, the young women, the best young rider, um, with Maggie in second and Ava Hackman in third, and then who's in the team? DNA, DNA in first, Colavita in second, and ATX Wolfpack in third. I'm surprised to hear that DNA is leading that uh, the team. They must, like, you know, not have anyone at the front end, but a whole lot of people in the middle somewhere. It's pretty, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how, so that, so I think that USA Crits really wanted to, fo- has wanted to focus on the team competition. They've said that before. So that's what they really want to highlight or bring to the fore. I think the individual is something that still is going to be sort of the thing that everybody looks to, and it's, it's how we think about bike racing. But you're right, it is a team sport. Um, but you know, I guess they've probably scored a lot. Of, I mean, with with having uh, Maggie as a sprinter up there getting points. Um, but yeah, it does it does change tactics a bit if you are actually trying to target the team competition um, as opposed to just having to end up in the team or like you're so strong, you're like Legion, you just have guys in the podiums. Then yeah, you're going to do well. Um, I know automatic that was one of their goals on Saturday was to move forward in the team competition. And they got almost all of their riders in that front move, um, which helped them a lot. I mean, 
have you guys talked about in your teams? Have you guys talked about going for team competitions? Uh, yeah, we, we spend a fair amount of time, uh, talking about that. Um, I wouldn't say that we necessarily, you know, like formulate our whole strategy for the day around trying to score well in the team competition. Uh, especially like we said with Andrew, you know, coming along real, real well, but you know, I guess if you kind of focus on one or two diff like team goals, then eventually, or just kind of like you said with Legion, everybody's going to be there at the end. You're just going to end up kind of doing well. And I guess that's that's really what our focus is on. Yeah, coming up with a plan and trying to execute that plan and then kind of, I guess, getting the benefits from that. Yeah, pretty much um, Wolfpack does have ambitions in the team competition. But we also have Julie in the lap leader jersey and... Um, I'm now in the young rider Jersey. So there's kind of, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. Um, and ultimately I guess just having a lot of consistent finishes will yield that, that team result, which is why I think DNA is killing it. They just have a lot of riders who know how to finish consistently race after race. Yeah. They really do have quite a, quite a bit there. Um, yeah, that's right. Julie Kazika. Oh, I just ordered that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Julie. I follow you on Twitter. You've got great takes. I like it. Can't wait till Julie comes on this show. And you just call her, just call her Julie Cooley. <laughs> Julie Cooley. All right, she seems cool. I like, I like her, her podium sort of warm ups and celebrations. So that's fun. I have a question for you guys. Who started the smoke bombs? Is that a USA Crit thing? Or is that someone from a team? I think it's a USA Crit thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I feel like I saw a photo somewhere of Scott Morris getting caught red-handed with one of those. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was one of the teams, and they just ran with it. But um, yeah, they do make cool photos. But wow, it's it's tough to. I saw it's tough to stand <laughs> in that smoke, isn't it? Yeah, you can see our faces change as <laughs> the longer we're standing there. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think I think we covered it. We're just at an hour and we like to keep shows around an hour um we i think we're all caught up maybe next week we can do a like a, a mid-season reflect and sort of you know see where we've been and where we're going um any any last thoughts before we close it out um did you mention the like the men's side of the results like i know you i know you listed no. the women's but yeah no let's do that yeah okay sorry. okay <laughs> Um, so, so no, let's do it. I want to do it. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> Equality and all that. <laughs> and all that. <laughs> um, so yeah, in the, in the men's sort of results, looking at the overall, where we stand after five races, we'll go to the individual. Um, Justin's still up top in first, uh, Thomas has moved into second, or he might have been second at the end of Salt Lake, and then Tyler Williams in third, Corey Williams in fourth, and then we have at Connor Mulvey in, in fifth. Interesting there is, is you know, the gap between um, Tyler Williams and Gibbons, actually the gap between all those all those guys is closing. Um, Gibbons is closing in on, on, on Justin, and Tyler is, is closing in on Gibbons. Um, and and as as we mentioned earlier, you did see these guys 
all those guys going for those 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 prime points and all three of those guys were in that front group on Littleton in that going you know, going you know at the front of the race so i mean it's 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 coming down to it's 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 get pretty good battle even though we're seeing that domination by legion we are seeing other other ways of winning coming through and that, and that and that's fun to watch yeah definitely especially like you mentioned us only being halfway through the season like the team competition is probably fairly wrapped up by now but still having those four guys up there battling it out for the orange jersey as it were uh should keep things pretty interesting and i'm sure legion would love to sweep the overall and i'm sure every other team and i know for a fact would not like that to happen so um let's yeah gibbons is looking pretty good he's definitely not going to give it up without a fight no he is he is looking pretty good and uh i think you know i think two weeks in boulder training with brendan train actually training maybe you know, helped him out you know got his head on straight um, <laughs> yeah. so let's look at the team and in, in the in the team competition yeah okay so legion is is crushing um everybody <laughs> else they've got a lead over a thousand points over automatic racing who's moved into second with this race um that was that was one of their goals in the beginning and best buddies in third, not not too far behind, with Butcher Box in fourth, and CS Velo in fifth. So Adam, hey. I, so Alan, you guys, you know, you can, you're within reach of Butcher Box. You gotta, yeah, we've got some work to do, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We won the team comp in uh, Sunday of well, never mind. <laughs> it, it'll be good. It'll be a fun kind of a wide angle podium battle for sure. Yeah, um, that's right, and they because they also do best team on the on the race, which is interesting too. So they, it creates a lot of uh, different areas, different things for people to comp- uh, teams to be competitive for. So that's interesting. Um, and let's see, we didn't so best young rider: Michael Hernandez, Spencer Movenzada, Kyler, Kyle Tesler. Lance Abshire out of Louisiana and uh, Jeremiah Stoller. Um, and we didn't do the lap leaders for the women's, but Danny Summerhill has a pretty big lead. And I feel like he's made that his thing like Julie Cooley. Um, <laughs> just, and I, and I feel like some of that is also just doing like, if you're the lap leader, you're like the Tim DeClerc of your team. You're just doing that donkey work. Um, so it's kind of cool that there is a Jersey to reward those folks. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, that helps a lot. <laughs> Motivate to bear yourself. I think we covered it, folks. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts before we uh, we get out of here? Any other last closing thoughts? I think I think we're good. Yeah, halfway. Things have been cool up to this point. Excited to see uh, where where we go, where the racing goes. Yeah. So next next up on the USA Crits calendar is uh, the Hammerfest. That's in. Not this weekend, but next weekend, and then we kind of we're kind of all in the southeast with Spartanburg, then Athens, and then you know then you've got Speed Week. Um, so yeah, a lot of more racing to come. I'm excited that I don't have to fly anymore and I can drive to the races. <laughs> um, but uh, Alan, Celine, thank you so much for letting me uh, join your podcast this week, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Appreciate you stepping in. This was fun. Thanks for
for joining us on another episode of the show. We are a proud part of the Wide Angle Podium network of shows. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more about all the shows that are available for you there. Today's episode was written and produced by Michael Bodekheimer and edited by our friend Bill Scheichen. And of course, featured our senior men's correspondent, Alan Schroeder, and our senior women's correspondent, Celine Oberholzer. My name is Rob Kelly. I'm your typical host. I will be back sometime soon, hopefully in the very near future when life calms down. Like I said at the beginning, we have this great episode with Kerry Warner, and we do have a lot of races that are still left to go. So I want you to be able to know that there is cross-criterium crossover Kerry Warner coming up. That's a lot of C's. That's a lot of K sounds. That's a lot of fun. But stay tuned for more stories from our Criterium Nation.